Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health Podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health Podcast. We have a very special episode today, Back from the Brink. Not only is it live, but we have two people to interview too, both of which want to talk about our mental health as they both are addicts in recovery. Former guest Tony Kelly, who was a professional footballer with Stoke City, Bristol City, Bury and Orient, and also a gambling addict that founded the Red Card Gambling Association charity. And John Thompson, who's been a journalist, broadcaster, filmmaker, and author, and previously found himself homeless through his addiction to alcohol. So guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, welcome, Andy. John, can I turn to you first of all? Sure. sure. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and some of the issues and problems that you, you had in the past? Um, I, I was born in Glasgow, but uh, I grew up in South Africa and Zimbabwe. So when I, was, when I was nine, my family immigrated to South Africa. So I spent, um, I spent 18 years, really the formative years of my life was spent growing up there, um, South Africa and Zimbabwe. And, um, and with hindsight now, and what I've learned at, in my, um, I'll, I'll be eight years sober next next week. But what I've learned in my eight years is that I'm a really sensitive kind of guy. I'm a very creative kind of guy, but I'm also I'm almost really 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 sensitive. Yeah. So I grew up um, a kid, just a you know just a young lad growing up in a very angry austere type of environment. You know, it was during apartheid. There was right. a lot oh, going was, on. You know, say, so why was that? Yeah. 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 So and there was a lot of violence around. You know, and. Um, you know, when I left South Africa at the age of 25, I can honestly say it, I'd, I'd been, it, that was normal for me. That had, I'd been kind of conditioned to that mm. way of thinking and, and what, I'd, what I'd seen. And, and I'd witnessed a lot of violence as, as a teenager, not, not in the home, but you know, like I'd witnessed murder and I'd, I'd, I'd witnessed extreme types of violence. Yeah. And that affected me. That did affect me, and um, also I lost my right leg <coughs> below the knee in a really bad car accident when I was twenty. And um, oh, wow. so, when you combine all mm. of this kind of early, early life trauma yeah. with someone who's very, very sensitive, mm. um, it's not really surprising that you know um, that I would then develop a crutch uh, or a way to cope, yeah. and 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 that coping mechanism for me was alcohol mm. yeah do you, do you think you had an addictive nature i do have an addictive yeah. personality yeah i think i'm similar when i want to look back to little things um you know what i know on john's side you know people addiction people our specialist uh counselor they talk about trauma and childhood trauma and things that have happened in the past um but when i think about little things such as you know this, this sounds ridiculous really but 10 years old um, I used to play marbles at school, you know, marbles. I was absolutely crazy with marbles. And um, the feeling of winning, yeah, and then you upgrade to ball bearings and, and colourful marbles. And I'd come home and from school, cry my eyes out to my mum, have 10 bag of marbles in the morning. Couldn't go to school yeah. without a bag of marbles. And that feeling of winning and losing, whether or not, you know, that, that feeling manifested itself in terms of going forward into the later years about, you know, the feeling of winning and losing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It's, it's really yeah. interesting now. Things can affect you later. Yeah, could be related, mm. uh, and you just don't know. The yeah, no, yeah. mind's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's. Um, I, I mean, I, I can only, I can only kind of analyze it now mm. because of what I know now. 
um, you know, what I've learned. And, yeah. um, mm-hmm. But it took it took me to to reach uh, an, an awful awful a place in my life to you know when 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 i hit, when i when i hit a rock bottom i was i was in a homeless hostel in ipswich of all places um surrounded surrounded by empty vodka bottles and i still didn't know what was wrong with me so did you did you lose the house or what you yeah yeah except to, to, to obviously to end up in home yeah yeah no i mean when i was up in glasgow i mean I, I started working for scottish television in 1994 and i worked my way up from from the bottom i started off as as a as a as a, an audience researcher, and then and then and then just move my, my way up into research and politics, then research and current affairs, then mm-hmm. um, under, under undercover researcher for in, in current affairs, then into the newsroom as a as a production journalist, mm-hmm. stroke reporter. I would do reports as well um, in the newsroom, then into sport, and then into, in, in, into football, Scottish, and Scottish, football, you Scottish football. Yeah, so you got a good place then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. Um, I loved it. I loved. Mm-hmm. I loved my job. I loved it. Yeah. It was. Um, it, you know, working in that, doing that that job was. It wasn't. It it wasn't a job for me. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. A, it was a way of life because yeah, it was. Yeah. You had all that kind of camaraderie within the yeah. people within the team. You know, and yeah. we used to do everything together. Well, not everything, but we we did we did we did most things together. <laughs> and um and uh, but it but, but all what was running tandem to that was this. Because it's a progressive illness. It, mm. it, I was drinking more and more and more and more and more. It's, that's interesting, yeah. Because it's with the gambling. It's, it's I say to people, it's a gradual thing. Yeah. You know, and you don't even realise it. So this is the addictive nature we're talking about. So yeah. what about the people that, for, in your case, Tony, mm. you like to gamble. But what about the people that you know sit at home and they they gamble on the lottery and they watch the TV and they have the odd bet here and now? Mm. What about those people? Could they get sucked into gambling addiction yeah there, there's always that risk that's what I say to people you know anyone that places a bet <clears throat> whether it's the national whether it's the lottery whether it's scratch guy whatever it is you, there's always that risk and so us guys you know the general public we don't you know we don't get in unless you're in that profession of you know counseling or psychotherapy etc and, and we understand how our brains work um, we you know we, we won't understand why some people get addicted and why some people don't but, mm-hmm. the, but there are you know um biological reasons why that happens i mean we've got just recently done a video regarding exactly that how the brain works and and, you know reward centers and brain cells and dopamine and all that stuff so it's that's that's why you find some people will get addicted some people won't yeah well funny enough yesterday i had another previous guest on the show come over and he's a fitness guy called marvin and roses um after we'd done a fitness session with marvin here Mm. yesterday we all felt a little bit high and a little bit good and we were talking about it and Marvin said that's the endorphins kicking in mm-hmm. so there we are I mean yeah. it's exactly the, yeah. the same kind of thing the, yeah. the mind and the body and the brain all work in conjunction mm. hence why on my podcast I do like to talk about the health and yeah, the wealth in conjunction wealth. with yeah. each other and we spoke mm. about this previous time right. they, mm. they, yeah. they really do they really work do, yeah. in tandem with each other yeah. and fitness is also for me mental health mm. because mm. you cannot do things at a very high level at least just to function mm. you need decent mental health so mm. I'm, I'm glad you guys have come over to talk about this because yeah. it, it needs talking about even more yeah well in terms of mental health it's huge in terms of addiction you know the i think more people uh within uh, addiction fields etc are now realizing that you know there's a massive issue connected with mental health yeah. and, and gambling addiction you mm. know we do some work obviously you know the work we do we'll talk about that later but 
you know, when we talk about, you know, suicide with, with the former gambling, gambling addicts, you know, we've got a few slides we do where a 26 year old, for instance, jumped out of his window, his balcony and killed himself because of his gambling addicts. Mm. So we know there's a strong link uh, with mental health, which is why we, we, we talk a lot about that and, you know, working a little bit with mind, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think this is one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in is, is the suicide thing, you know, because, um, I mean, I, I don't, I've, I've been doing live broadcasts on my own Facebook page for a number of months now yeah. and on, on different aspects of mental health, um, substance misuse mm. and, and, mm. and um, recovery and depression, anxiety yeah. Yeah. and suicide. Um, I've, I've tried to take my own life twice. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a... That's interesting, sorry, John. I've always yeah. wondered, um, when I talk to my, you know, therapist and counsellor, etc., I've always wondered what it takes to get to that point to cross that line of, of no return yeah. as far as you're concerned there's no hope that, that's that's the end as far as you're concerned and I've suffered with you know depression I've suffered with anxiety and sleepless nights and all the rest of it but I never actually got to a point where I said to myself like oh, that's it you right. know and some people yeah. do and that's mm. fascinating it? Yeah. I don't mean talking about it I've yeah. talked about it I've written yeah. about it it's in there mm. you know um, the first time was the second time was when, my, when I hit my rock bottom that day in Ipswich, um, almost eight years ago. Um, I tried to throw myself out of a window. Well, I did throw myself out of a window, but I got stuck in the window. Um, <laughs> How big were you in them days, John? No, no, I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't eaten. I, had, I just got stuck, in, I got stuck in the window. Um, but I mean, I, I I was hanging out this window, and yeah. um, if this wasn't serious, it'd be quite. Well, the yeah, thing quite is, comical. it's okay. It's okay. It's 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 okay because when I do share about this this story, people people do chuckle, and I've shared about yeah. it in you know like AA and stuff like that, and yeah. it does it yeah. does get a bit of a laugh. But it was because um, when I was hanging out the window, I, I remember it was bizarre. I could see people walking in the street below, mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, this is what half the glass half full, half empty means. And I'd never understood what that meant mm. up until that point, you know, yeah. that particular yeah. single moment in time. How yeah. high was you up, John? I was two two floors up. I, I was high enough to, mm. to do so. I just wanted it to stop. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the first time was the that was that was that was Christmas Eve, two thousand six. Mm. But at the at the point when you're at the win window, was there was there any fear that oh fucking hell, I'm going to drop no, and no, no. be smashing the pavement, this is whatever. There's no, was any fear of what's actually going to happen in, in the next two seconds? I, I wanted, I, I wanted at the very least to be, to be. I just wanted to be stopped because I knew that I was hurting people. By I was causing chaos with the, with the amount that I was yeah, drinking. Same. You know, I mean, I'd, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I'd, I'd, I'd have had a very successful career. I was married. Yeah. I had a lovely mm -hmm. home. I had lots of friends in Glasgow. Um, I, tell, I, tell us more about the the career and what you was doing and, and how it spiraled to, to where it was, John. Well, I was just um, uh, I, I was I'd become so my my tolerance for alcohol had become it was, it was just unbelievable. What was you? What was you drinking? Well, I'd get up in the morning and I'd have I'd already I'd hidden um, uh, vodka again. I've, this is all in the book. Um, yeah, yeah. about your book in yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd yeah. replace shampoo with uh, vodka. Um, so I had I had vodka in the shower. <laughs> So I would I would I would wake up in the morning, yeah. um, and my my then wife, um, you know, she, it, it, it's, it's awful. She didn't know what was going on. Right. I was going to say, um, so you, you, your wife wasn't aware of, of the extent of your drinking. No, not I, I did I did admit to it later on, but my my ex wife didn't didn't have a clue, and I, I still yeah. I still feel awful about that. But I I drink vodka in the morning in the shower, and then grab my briefcase, get dressed. 
walk into the studios at STV, I would um, go into Marks and Spencer's, get two small bottles of red wine, get to the office, go into the viewing room, have two small bottles of red wine, wow. then sit down and then carry on and working into the pub at 12 o'clock, one o'clock, mm. have maybe two, three pints or three glasses of red wine, back to work. Sometimes I would leave the office saying that I, was go I would go for a sandwich, mm. um, you know, ha halfway through the afternoon, but I, w I wouldn't, I'd go to the pub. Yeah, I'd go to another pub where people didn't go to. Right. It's funny, so you was going to the pub in your lunchtime, and when you I finish football and work, I'll be in the bookies at You'd be in the bookies yeah. at lunchtime. Yeah. See how it, it, it's, the similarities yeah. are there, you know? Yeah, um, but yeah, and then I'd go to the pub after work, have maybe three, four pints, walk home, go into Marks and Spencer's, pick up tea, pick up four bottles of red wine, go into the toilets of Marks and Spencer's, down one bottle of red wine, and like wow. down it, <laughs> and then three bottles of red, red wine in the bag, still there, then get down to the, near where the house, where the house was, into an alley, down another bottle of red wine, oh I still have two bottles of red wine, yeah, yeah. get into the house, hide one, and one was for dinner for myself. But, and, but um, when you got into the house, obviously there was there must have been occasions when you when you got back to the missus that you, you sloshed. No. No? Because because of the progressive, you topping up. My, my, I was just topping up. My yeah, tolerance right. had become. That's uh, why. Uh. That's why. Whenever I, 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 if I, when I, the, in, during the times when I would end up in in, in detox, yeah, I, uh. I, I, they, they, they couldn't give me enough librium. Um, yeah. I, I was climbing the walls. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. that's how bad it was. I think Tony has said in the past that mm. um, he didn't let his family know the extent of his problems either yeah i mean the, one of the, that's one of the main reasons why i brought my book out um because obviously i've got a big family yeah um, tell us about the book while we're, while the we're book on the subject, well, yeah. it's this funny story with the book because um 2013 i was talking to my sister and one or two little snippets were coming out in the press uh, about gambling addiction one or two footballers i remember michael chopra coming out but not not in a big way you know mm. they're just you know little snippets and gambling you know with the FOBTs and this that the other promotion so gambling was getting quite you know big within within society so my sister said you should you should try and put something to print now in my mind I'm thinking I can't, can't write a book come on you know what I mean so she goes no just just start writing something and you know we, we can put something together so I started writing one night and this is with no ghostwriter no laptop mm -hmm. no computer no co-writer no nothing just my trusted biro and A4 paper and I just started writing and the strange thing is, I mean, I look back now, I couldn't stop writing. You know, I'll be, I'll be at my ex's, I'll be at my door where my daughter was, I'll be elsewhere. You're writing through the night, hours on end, you know, and then all of a sudden, 18 months later, mm. I had this manuscript up here yeah. and it was done. It's a bit cathartic for you. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, as far as therapeutic for me was, which is what people talk about now, because I couldn't stop writing. It was like getting a real load off my, you know, off my yeah. mind. Um, you know, exposing it, you know, publicly now, talking about it, and we, we, mm. we say about talking about it. Yeah. So that was a big help, getting the book out. It was then we sent it to publishers and it came out 2014. Yeah, it's a good book, by the way. Thank you. No, you know, I've said this before in the past. Yeah, you have. And I will show you, actually, later on, uh, the pile of books I've got upstairs. Yeah. Brilliant books, no doubt, but there's about a dozen of them now, yeah. and they're up there, all of them with four to five pages read, yeah. and I said to Tony at the time, I'm either gonna read this Right the way through, yeah, yeah. or four or five <laughs> pages, yeah. and it will go with the rest of them. Yeah, he did. Right. And mm -hmm. so I've got even more since then, Tony, with the four or five <laughs> pages. And some of these people are very famous authors, right. so you managed to jump in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And as I said, it, it, then it gave all my family and friends and everybody I know, you know, to realise where I've been, you know, and that was that was important to me because 
I think there's a lot of ignorance about gambling, um, a lot of lack of understanding. So it was, it was good to get it out there to show people this is what can happen. Yeah. yeah. John. What about yourself, John? I think I think what you've what you've just said is spot on. I think there's a lot of um, um, I'll, I'll, I think people don't know there's there's still a lot to learn about mm. about addiction. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and and up until a couple of months ago, I I thought that there was more more awareness and more tolerance around around addiction yeah. and and but i don't i think the stigma is still massive i think the yeah, stigma still is because yeah, um <clears throat> i've had lots of people message me mm. um who are struggling with with the booze mm. um and 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 they, 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 they they're asking me for help because yeah. because and they want it kept they want it kept quiet, quiet. so yeah. that in itself mm. tells me that the stigma wow. remains that people are still ashamed yes they're still definitely. embarrassed to <coughs> ask for help excuse me definitely and <clears throat> And that is wrong, and, and and that that is that is that is costing lives. Yeah. There are people out there who who are not asking for help because they're too ashamed. Definitely, um, and that's because there are there are still many people out there saying, "Well, why can't you stop?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're also saying, "Well, there are a lot of people out there still who who think that when someone asks for help, that it's a sign of weakness." Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. and it's not a yeah. sign of weakness yeah. at yeah. all. No, I think actually you're right when you touch on the shame and embarrassment because that's what that's what a lot of. You know, addicts feel you know yeah. that shame and embarrassment. If you're, mm-hmm. especially particularly if you work, if you work in you know in in certain fields, you know football or high end fields and all yeah. that, you know you don't want to be seen as a weak person. No, you, know? you can imagine John working in the environment that he worked mm. in, and you was yeah. going off and drinking, etc. If, no. if you'd yeah. been caught out, John, would they have sacked you? I, w- I will say that um, Scottish television helped me immensely, mm. immensely. They couldn't have been more supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did their best to help me. Yeah. Um, they, you know, I was I was signed off sick for a long, long time, and and they, they, they the help and support was there. Yeah. But the thing is, they didn't have the experience to give me the help and support that I needed because because right. mm-hmm. this is before I was I would even admit that that I was an alcoholic. Yeah. So that that is a different kind of help and support that, mm-hmm. that I needed, and I only got that when I ended up in in rehab in, in two thousand and ten. Yeah. Sure. yeah. What do you think the general um, help is like out there for people? I think it's. Um, I I think uh, from what I've heard, I, I know a lot of people who work within uh, the field of recovery um, mm-hmm. in with regards to substance misuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, funding has been massively cut, mm-hmm. um, and and they're struggling. Yeah. And I think that um, I've I've heard whether this is true or not. I I have heard this from professionals that uh, that home detoxes are now the way forward for people who are struggling with, with in particular the booze. Mm. But the thing is. I, that's that's that doesn't have a, a proven record, yeah. really. You know, it's mm. a, a person has to be taken away, yeah. and and then they have to they have to be somewhere where it's safe, mm-hmm. with the right experience around them, where they have to face themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. You're not going to get that sitting no, at home. No, I yeah. Yeah. On, on my side, with the you know uh, help that's out there. Yeah. So there's lots. <clears throat> what I found the last four years since being running Red Card Gambling Sport Project, what I've found is there's lots of treatment out there you know I've met with all the professionals in the gambling industry um, lots of meetings done a couple of workshops with with treatment centers such as Gordon Moody Association so the treatments out there yeah but where we're coming from is education awareness is yes. not out there there's yeah. more of that which is why our brochure red car gambling sport project education awareness prevention and that's that's what we're about mm-hmm. you know so it's I think a different angle yeah so there's a lot more of, a lot more work to be done um, we'll continue to do it we get yeah. help from the um, big lottery yeah. support yeah. us Tell massively us about that, Tony. yeah the big lottery I mean they do different awards um, for organizations that you know have a social impact mm-hmm. 
support organisations. So they've supported us for the last six months. We got some funding six months ago. We'll get some more funding in the next few months, mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually um, the aim is with Red Card is to go full time. Probably year eighteen months time, yeah. we'll go full time. Who are you looking um, to educate? Basically anybody and everybody, but in particular uh, young adults. I right. mean, we do a lot of work with young adults. So at the moment we're going to schools, we're going to youth projects. Uh, we've just teamed up with an organisation, NCS. Uh, we've teamed up with the Hive in Scotland, so they they run programs for fifteen to eight, sorry, to sixteen twenty four year olds. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do workshops, and we've got an agreement with them at the moment. So there's lots of things going on in terms of agreements and contracts with working with youth and young people. Mm, sure, because yeah, at the end of the day, they're the next generation. Yeah. so they they need to be educated, and then parents as well. But we can go on to that later. Mm, yeah. Mm. So just getting back to the book slide. Yes, sir. Did you guys leave anything out that you wish you'd have put in? So, but by the way, John, <coughs> your book—we've not mentioned the name of your book. Well, I haven't, at least—is mm. Seer, the man who sees tomorrow. So, so what's the butchers? So, gratuitous plug. Here. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. So, so John, what, is, what does that mean? The man who sees tomorrow. Yeah. Seer is an old name or an old uh, kind of medieval name for yeah. um, a clairvoyant. Right. Oh. Yeah. Um, so the book itself um, focuses on my five months when I was in rehab. So oh, it's right, set okay. it's set there. Right, brilliant. Um, so it tells the story of of me arriving and then how they helped me. It also looks back at my life and everything that happened. So when I talked about the trauma and yeah. life and growing yeah. up and things like that, yeah. my career and broadcasting and, and all yeah. of that, the drinking. So it tells the story of how I ended up in rehab, but mm -hmm. it, it focuses on. On, on, on that time in five months. So that's on Amazon, yeah. <clears throat> that's on Amazon, yeah. yeah. And um, but when I was in rehab, I um, I was two, I was three months sober before I went into rehab because I, I had to be. Yeah. Um, oh, is that the way they, they make you? No, my I my parents allowed me to stay with them, but only in the condition that oh, right. that I didn't drink. If okay. they had any um, if they had any any inkling that I was that I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing, yeah, I would then be back on the streets. So. Yeah. So, in, but by that by that point, after that rock bottom day, you know, when I tried to throw myself out the window, I I kind of surrendered to it. I I didn't I didn't want it. I I'd had enough. I'd had enough. Yeah, I'd had enough. So I didn't have a drink for I think it was twelve weeks, mm -hmm. and then I went in, and it was a couple of weeks into rehab, and I was standing by myself when I was in rehab, and uh, I didn't have I didn't have much left. You know, mm. there was nothing left. I didn't yeah. know where I was going to end up, anything like yeah. that. And yeah. um, and and then something, something really for me anyway. Something really incredible happened. I uh, I said three things to myself. I said, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm 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 not I'm not religious, but I do have faith. Mm -hmm. I do believe, mm -hmm. and I pray, mm -hmm. and I meditate. Um, and I said three things to myself. I've always been that way. I said, I can't do this anymore. My way in the world doesn't work. I want to do it your way, and mm. it's and I really meant that for me yeah, here. Yeah. Mm. And as soon as I said that, that's when I felt something. Something mm, happened. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's funny those stories like that about you know people's personal you know stories. Something that happens or something that's you know happening going to change change the future or change the way they feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're aware of my um, faith, Andy. Mm, yes. Yeah. But yes, just yes. a little. I'll just touch upon that. What happened to me in 2010 stroke 11? I was working for Network Rail. Um, really good job, etc. And we don't get visitors. We're in a you know remote part of the track, um, signalling trains, etc. And I had a visit on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and as I said, we don't get visitors, so you're surprised. He's only going to be he was either going to be a regional manager or no one. Hmm. Uh, and there was a guy at the door, 
didn't recognise him, uh, let him in. He said he's the local chaplain for Network Rail. And I thought, well, I've been here 10 years and I've, I've never met a local never chaplain. Never heard so, of him, probably, yeah. had you? So it was quite strange and, and he came in and, he, and we sat down. And at this point, it was at the point when I was just splitting up with uh, my ex-girlfriend of 20 odd years. Uh, my life was still a mess. I was just about to go bankrupt. So the whole the whole lot, my life was a bit of a mess at that point. And we sat down and we talked. Now, going way back, you know, I, I've always been religious, I've always had faith, but it's not been strong, yeah? I've never had that personal relationship with God in, in, my, mm-hmm. in my, li- my life, in my eyes. So we talked, um, he said a few scriptures, talked about my life and where I'm going in the future, etc. And then he wrote out a prayer, uh, which at the time I didn't know what it was called. Um, obviously I do now, it's called a salvation prayer. Um, and I still have that prayer today, it's in my Bible at home. Um, and when he wrote that, it wasn't a case of <clears throat> him leaving that day and me leaving working that day and you know, all of a sudden everything's great and my life's brilliant and things mm. have you know, changed dramatically. It wasn't, it wasn't like that, it was a case that he's, with through faith and through him and through that conversation, it was meant to happen uh, and it was gonna be a gradual thing. And then as time went on, again, it came to two, three years later where I was gonna write the book, so that was meant to happen how I wrote the book and spent those hours on then doing it, you yeah. know, again, meant to happen. I'm yeah. meant to be doing what I'm doing today. So it's a gradual thing. Uh, a year ago, my local church became one of our sponsors. Uh, and that's the local church I go to, to worship. And, um, and then I got baptized eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So it was all a progression of where I'm meant to be, what's meant to happen in my life. And in my in yeah. my view, personal view again, mm-hmm. it's God's way of, of putting me on the right path mm-hmm. and then doing something okay. positive from a negative. That's- Brilliant. Yeah. So, so, so hopefully somebody's watching today that mm. needs a bit of help and yeah. wants to get themselves into recovery. Mm. What do you guys have to say to those people that well, are listening? Yeah. But you know as well as I do, mm. you know you got to hear things a thousand times or maybe <laughs> yeah. even once that that yeah. clicks with yeah. you. So I mean, my book, Red Card, which is basically battles my um, details my battle with gambling addiction throughout my life, uh, throughout the football career. So it goes right yeah. through. Um, and I say to people now, the one thing that I didn't do um, was basically ask for help. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had family, friends, I had um, lots of people talking to me and giving me the warning signs and saying, you got to better be careful with your gambling. Um, but I never really took it in, it never really registered. Uh, and as an addict, you know, it's a compulsion, you can't stop. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you have to ask for, ask for help, you have to get help as mm-hmm. quickly as possible. And I got help when it was too late mm-hmm. um, by that. I mean, I've got my house repossessed, car repossessed, £192,000 bankruptcy file I had. Um, and and, yeah, and you sh- we've said this before, Tony, mm. you should have been on Easy Street by then. Yeah, exactly, well. yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so bank, what was, bank, going bankrupt was, was a big step because it obviously it wiped out my £192,000 debt. But then from then, it's a question of, right, you, you've got to move forward now. I had the counselling, which wasn't just about the gambling, it was about my life, re-evaluating my life, looking to the future, looking for hope. Uh, so we talked about all these things um, and fortunately for me again you know through my, through my faith I think I've managed to get to a point now where I can help others which is great it's a great place to be yeah. um, so the most important message for me is that you've got to ask for help and don't don't be ashamed to ask for help you know because you, you've got to talk about it to someone you know if it's a family member it's a, it's a friend a work colleague wherever it is mm. you know talk to somebody and then yeah. get help because red card we do our workshop on um, 
awareness um, workshops and presentations, but we also have a facility where they can talk freely to us, mm -hmm. uh, to one of the addiction team. We ref we can refer them to treatment centres. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 the way forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And what about yourself, John? Again, it's asking for help. It really is asking for help. And I think um, when somebody asks for help, especially when when generally I think people when they're surrounded by people who again will, will see it as being a sign of weakness yeah. to ask for help mm. that in itself tells me that when someone does ask for help that is a that is that is a true sign of real courage because yeah. when you do something despite knowing that you could be judged for it you could yeah, be you, you could be mocked for it you yeah, could be yeah and it does happen let's not let's yeah, not yeah, let's yeah, not mess yeah, around yeah, here you know um john's um, right because it's hard to actually come out of denial you know, so I, yeah, I understand. Massive. I do understand why people can't talk. Yeah, about I was going to push you guys on this mm. part because a lot of people who have issues that might be listening, mm. this is going to just flow over them. Mm. So, how do you get to that point that you say to them, "Look, wake yourself up. You know, you've got to do something now." Mm. I can only speak on. I can only use my own experience mm. when it comes to this. Yeah. I can't. I can't talk on behalf of anyone else. I can only mm. speak from what I experienced. I had to be broken. Mm. I had to be broken. Nasty, okay? but yeah. Physically, spiritually, mentally, yeah. before I would surrender and ask for help. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Most people out there won't end up like that. Mm. So um, I, I had to. I had to be hurt before I was ready to actually yeah. ask yeah. for help. And and it's not unusual for someone to have to end up on their knees before yeah. they they actually That's ask true. for help. You That's see. Because if you, if someone's sitting at home right now and they're maybe having a bottle or two bottles of wine a night, and they know, they know within themselves that they, that that this is not right. They know that they're dependent on it. They know yeah. that it's causing. See, alcohol. I'm not against alcohol. I have to say this. Yeah, exactly. I, I would say the same. Correct. Yeah, on, and I, I'm not. I'm not anti-alcohol. Mm. I'm not at all. I go. I go to football all the time. Mm. I'm surrounded by mates who drink. It doesn't mm -hmm. bother me. Mm. I'm not anti it. Um, and so. But what I will say is, when it comes to when it when it comes to the booze, you know, I mean, it's um, a lot of people will think that they're alcoholic, but in actual fact, they're not. You know, you mm. can drink two bottles of wine uh, a night, yeah. and if you can still yeah. get up in the morning, go to work, do a good mm. job, function, and function, yeah. and mm. bad things don't happen. Mm. Alcoholism for me is when when drinking and then bad things happen. Yeah, mm. yeah, that that that's what alcoholism is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, there is there is a there is a line between that. But um, at the end of the day, and this may sound a bit harsh, but um, it's not meant to, but really, a person really has to want it. Yeah, okay. yeah. You have to want it. That's one of that's our last slide on one of our presentations. Yeah. You've got to want help. You've got yeah. to want help. It's yeah. got to come from it. deep within because, yeah, with the gambling addiction, similar to alcohol, you know, there's only one way you're going to go. You're either going to end up in prison or you're going to end up six foot under. You know, ev mm -hmm. eventually, you know, if you don't, they lead down the help. same path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So thank, uh, it's a funny thing, but I think you're dead right, guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and the harsh when I was in rehab. I'd only been there a couple of weeks and there was a whole lot of us sitting in a room one day mm -hmm. and there must have been about 20 or 30 of us and we were waiting for someone to come in and do a share it was someone who would come in and you know talk about share stories, to share stories right. about you know so someone from the outside yeah. and before they came in um, one of the counsellors said said to us right I want each one of you to look to your left and then look to your right at the people on either mm -hmm. side of you mm -hmm. um, and uh, only one of you will make it for the people who are sitting next to you. Yeah. So only one out of three yeah. will actually make it. So you have to decide whether or not you want it bad enough. Mm. 
because what they did was they really really hammered at home mm-hmm. the the you know the the the, the facts and the stats surrounding yeah. surrounding relapse and death yeah. um and it's hard and they had to be that way they mm-hmm. had to be that way and uh mm-hmm. and i decided i'm i'm not I'm not that's not going to be me well that's you, you, what they've done exactly right it's got to be hard hitting yeah, yeah, got to, yeah people have got to realise yeah. what really can happen mm. that's what we do in our workshops and for, yeah it's good, it's good for me in terms of I'm talking to people or young people whoever it is and it's coming from someone who's been there so mm-hmm. that helps and hopefully we get our message across yeah. you know because yeah, yeah it's still not a nice place to be okay mm. so getting towards the end of the show now mm. what drives you guys on because obviously you've had your problems in the past. You mm. try not to look back <clears throat> and take it. Yeah, you can't want to look back. forward. Yeah, mm. what's driving you forward? I mean, for me personally, um, I want to make um, a positive out of a negative. Uh, I know where I've been. I know what I've lost, and in, but I also feel fortunate. So to me, um, money, material things, you know, they can be replaced. Your yeah. life can't be. Uh, so the way I look at it is that I'm putting something back. I'm trying to help people, stop people from going down my pathway. So that's what that's what drives me, and, and hopefully, you know, Red Card organisation will grow and grow and grow. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what drives me on. Okay, and what about yourself, John? Oh, there's there's this. I don't know. One thing. There's there's, there's three things. There's mm. first is my my faith. Mm-hmm. That that's I'm 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 so grateful for that that I found that in recovery, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, I want to help people. I want to use my own experience because I've got a lot of experience, which is, but then they aren't good experiences. But I can use them to definitely, help definitely other people, right, you know, that that, that, yeah. that that are struggling with similar experiences yeah. in the in the here yeah. and now, yeah. and also um, myself. And uh, you know, coming back to the the title of the book, Seer, mm. you know, I I did awaken to something. There was an an ability which I believe we all have, which which is which is a gift that we all we all can have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, myself and another filmmaker are in the process now of about to make a film documentary about this this kind of experience that, that people can have yeah um, okay. so you know a lot of people do have those spiritual experiences yeah. yeah yeah I mean it was um, I mean after that experience that I had in rehab when I kind of felt and heard something mm-hmm. it was um, mm-hmm. what we want to do is we, we will deliver due diligence you know is it a mental health problem you know I mean I, I will be analysed by a psychiatrist we're looking at that at the moment and mm-hmm. um, hopefully I'm okay <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think I am. But um, but there's enough stuff written down throughout history to do with this kind of ability it's that people new, have. Is it? no. This is not new mm, stuff. Mm, this yeah. this 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 has been going on for for over a long, long time. Yeah. And um, so yeah. So that's that's what um, that's what we're going to be doing. We, we need to deliver due diligence, and uh, and we will do that because we're both experienced. I'm a, I come from a journalistic background, yeah. and yeah. Simon comes from a, a, a kind of. Uh, producer director drama yeah, uh, background yeah. and um and 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 yeah so there's there's lots going on uh, at the moment and um and uh, I just uh, I just just keep just keep taking one one step at a time just yeah. keep moving forward you're going to do my next film aren't you I'm going to do Tony's film yeah. well done it's going to be I tell you what it's going to be a cracker what's, we're going to be what's it what's it going to be about yeah we're, we're going to we talk about it but it's about, it's about you know my story basically yeah. what I've been through because I think mm-hmm. um unfortunate yeah as I said before we're both fortunate like we're yeah. sitting here talking to you you know yeah, yeah. we're doing this you know so he's been close to death you know I'm fortunate I never got to that point yeah. uh, of taking my own life so I think it's important that I continue to share my story yeah, sure. and the wider I can spread it the better okay you know? well on that point can I be an extra in the background just, possibly just possibly, waving yeah. hello mum something like that in the background you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Come along. <laughs> we're gonna we'll, we'll be going to a couple of football grounds yeah, and, and stuff yeah. like that we'll yeah. be in the crowd yeah, yeah. then at least yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so this is a nice link, John. You, you'll you'll appreciate this one. Sia, yeah, that, that's the name of your book. Yeah, what's in the future for you? For me, yeah. 
Oh, that's a brilliant question. You like that? Yeah. That's you a brilliant you like that question. link? That was really journalistic, <laughs> wasn't <a> it? <laughs> you um, I think um, this this is not me sitting on the fence. Yeah, There's on. lots of things I could say that I hope for for the future for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do have premonitions. Yes, I do log them and keep them and show them to people. Um, but that's that's by the that's not to do with me. Yeah. Mm. Um, I try and keep it in the here and now. You know. These days, I try and if I can focus on doing the right thing today, then the right thing will happen tomorrow. Yeah, I do. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, things will follow if you do the right thing. Yeah. You, you yeah. work hard, things will follow. I had a similar conversation with a guy the other day who sort of was doing some social media work, and yeah. uh, he was just putting stuff out there and out there and out there and getting nowhere. Let's be one hundred percent honest. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden. Like you say, guys, things tend to happen. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One after the other. Now I've spoken to him recently, and uh, he hasn't got enough time in the day with the work that he's picked up. And and he's he's doing it. He's doing it from from his heart. He's doing it, you know, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's absolutely no point in worrying about. There's no point in me worrying about what I think might happen Mm. in the future Mm. because. It's not. It's not going to work out that way because if I had any control, if I had any real control over yeah. what's going to happen to me in the future, then that would also apply to what happened to me in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I, I could have been able. I could have could have stopped things from happening. But yeah. these things happened, and they happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of surrender myself to the yeah. fact that as long as I just and it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. I, I I'm really. I'm re- I was going almost swore there. I'm, <laughs> really, I'm, really, no. I'm really bad at it because I'm just like everyone else. I'm just like, oh, I'll worry about this. I want this. I want this. Time. Yeah. But I tend to find if I just kind of do do what I can mm-hmm. in today, then it will kind of work out. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think just <clears throat> touching on something Andy regarding because obviously John's been through alcoholism. I've been through gambling. So in terms of the links between uh, alcohol, drugs, and um, gambling you know there's there is huge links I mean we're going to Nottingham next week to a rehab centre mm-hmm. uh, and, the, and these guys and girls is drugs and alcohol right but they're what they're saying to us is that through the programs that these guys are on their clients are on they've found that their drugs and you know substance misuse stemmed from gambling addiction right so I think there is mm-hmm. a big link between the whole the whole it's a whole cycle oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. no the, you you I'm actually really glad you brought that up yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's not just one thing yeah it's not so, just yeah. one thing because when I was in rehab we were Banned from going near like arcades and mm, stuff like that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Banned from going to tattoo parlors, yeah. gyms. Why yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. What's that got to do? With it? No, it's it, because it, uh, an 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 addict head. Yeah. I have I have one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I'm I can become fixated on on on, on things, things. Oh, right. doing different things. Different yeah. Things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can also say as well that that I'll just as an example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been driving me nuts. That's your my book. Your book. Since yeah, we started doing this. Yeah, yeah. Because. I know. I just want to keep it like that so you can maybe see it. But I want it to be like that so it's perfectly aligned. Oh my god! Oh, this is like an OCD type. It's very slight OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a get them books straight. (laughs) Get them books like that. That's straight. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, um, a perfectionist when it comes to organisation, things like that. You know, yeah. I'm I'm real perfectionist. Everything has to be right. Time perfect. I'll I'll send emails the day before something when I've been sending five previous. I've sent those. You know. You want tomorrow? You want yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like that, but okay. Yeah, I on the other hand, I'm chaos. Yeah, even even some people where I've been doing these podcasts, some of the people that you presume they're running big companies and you know they they they're 
outward perception is that these guys are really organised on the ball. Yeah. Some of them are not, not as organised no, 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 as no, you'd no, think, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the ones that are really busy, of course, they've mm. got to have a little bit of chaos involved because they're trying to do so much. So much, yeah. You know, mm. a little bit like us when we were setting up here, guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of chaos going Carnage, on. Carnage, mate. Yeah. Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. When you've got so much to do, yeah. you know. It's a lot yeah. on, so yeah. I wouldn't hold that against them. Yeah. So how can people get hold of you, John and Tony, <clears> if, <throat> if they want to find out more about you? Okay, yeah, so basically I'm on LinkedIn, Tony Kelly LinkedIn, um, the, the website for the organisation which has all our contact details which is Kelly's Red Card Consultancy.co.uk, so they can contact me through the website and obviously the books on Amazon etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I you can get hold of me on, on Facebook, I think, um, yeah, John right. Thompson, there's no P in the, in the, in the Thompson and mm-hmm. um, just send me a friend request on LinkedIn as well and I'm on LinkedIn yeah I'm on yeah, LinkedIn okay. uh, uh, John Thompson filmmaker um, so so yeah I'm on different 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 social media okay. uh, Twitter as well and uh, Instagram so yeah I'm, I'm on um, and I'm sure that there'll be a, a kind of uh, pics on, on to accompany the, the kind of the podcast yeah, and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah we'll do so, something yeah. like that yeah. yeah so that's it guys thanks for coming and I know you're going to talk on afterwards you've got lots of other things that mm. we're going to talk about and discuss on yeah. Facebook live etc mm. but for the podcast show thank you very much cheers Andy cheers Andy thank thanks. you very much I hope you enjoyed that episode and until next time start transforming your wealth and health now